0: Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid. They make cables, and they make smiles, and they make this show possible, which is part of the reason why you should support them. I mean, lots of people out there are making cables. Sinusoid does a really great cable. They've got really high quality standards when it comes to quality control. Uh, they They spend a lot of time thinking about the quality of solders and the quality of every material going into your cables, and they support this show If you like listening to this podcast, why wouldn't you choose them as your cable supplier? I mean, it's just, you know, it helps pay the bills around here and it helps bring you content that you like to listen to. I was thinking about this before we recorded the 200th episode. It's like, if there's a reason to support them, it's because they're supporting us and you like this content, right? I mean, that's That's why that's a good reason is a a legit good reason. And they make great cables that have a
1: hundred year guarantee. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yep. The holidays are coming. Uh, Even if you're not looking to buy cable right away, head on over to sinusoid.com. Get on their mailing list so you know when they have deals that you might want to get in on. Now would be a
0: good time to order cables as like gifts for Christmas for your friends and family. Yeah. Like get in there, do your Christmas shopping all on one site, all on (laughs) sinusoid.com. We're laughing because it fills us with joy to think about. All the little boys and girls and wives and girlfriends in the world receiving sinusoid cables for Christmas and just being overjoyed. All right. Uh, Also, this episode is brought to you by Moniker Guitars. They sent us a rival series guitar uh, to demo and to do some work with. And I've just been having a blast with it. It's a bunch of fun.
1: Yep. It's a really uh, well-put-together instrument. Uh, they start at about $875. Did you look it up? Uh, I did look it up. Good. <laughs> uh, and they range up from there, depending on what kind of options you are looking at. Uh, the one that we have is super well-put-together. I really love the whole integrated pit guard yeah, it's, deal. It's a really clean look. It's a, I, I think what I like about it is that you get this...
0: The, the, the outline shape of the guitar in that light maple wood is just so classy with a big burst of color in the middle. Like, it's just different. It's just a different look. It feels really nice. That, that maple body, I mean, you hear maple body and think, oh, that thing's going to be a brick, but it's super chambered in a way that makes it feel really warm and I really light and comfortable.
1: Didn't think about that when I was holding it, that it was very it was very comfortable i yeah. did not feel any problems
0: with it very comfortable guitar a really neat like offset kind of classic look to the body shape with an arm cutaway. that's really comfortable it's just a great guitar i'm really impressed with it so keep an eye out for my demo when i put it up it's going to be a blast yep
1: uh last but certainly not least uh we got a sponsor spot for Matthews Effects.
0: We're doing a regular old Mark Marin open here. Yeah. Like a dozen or so sponsors.
1: <laughs> um, Matthews is doing a 20% off sale today. That's Monday, uh, November, whatever. Uh, <laughs> November, whatever. Drops. November 27th. Um, they're doing a 20% off sale. And they're also doing a sale with ESO uh, straps, ESO straps. Oh, cool. I really like those um, guys. And Sinusoid doing a uh, praise and worship bundle. At a great price, uh, for so for $229, you can get the Matthews FX Astronomer, an SO strap, and a sinusoid cable. SO straps are the one that makes that uh, ergonomic strap, right?
0: I it, like wrapped around your back. So.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: I saw them at Nam one year, and I was like, Man, this is a really cool concept, and it's actually like really comfortable. So it's cool to hear that they're partnering with people that we like to yeah. do fun stuff. All right. That's it. That's all of them. Thanks for listening to all the sponsorships, guys. Have here a good comes, week. Here comes the th- here comes the theme music.
1: Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to CC Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, mining, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing, podcast.
0: You did it, Steve, with minimal slurring. <laughs>
1: yeah. All that water, man. I'm yeah, yeah. We, uh... I'm drinking
0: scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch that uh, uh, Adam Van Zandt gave to us. Michael Van Michael, Michael, Michael Van, Van Zandt. Zandt. Oh, gosh. It's been a hell of you're a week.
1: You're the worst at names. It's
0: the day after Thanksgiving, too, and we're recording, like... 10 o'clock in the morning ten thirty, something like that i'm just not with it yet michael van zandt i'm sorry that i got your name wrong but i'm really enjoying this scotch whiskey that you gave to us as a gift at the, two, <laughs> at the 200th episode recording which went really great by the way i'm really excited to get that episode up in a couple of weeks it was just a blast to hang out with everyone we recorded it early to like not have it interrupt people's christmas schedules and things like yeah.
1: that yeah yeah it uh well, it also gave us some time to like if it totally sucked, yeah, to have like uh, we we a backup, backup plan, plan <laughs> and redo it. Uh, hey guys, can you all come back in a week? Uh, we're gonna have to do this again.
0: Yeah, maybe we would have done like a clip show. Of, like, here's the best part, and now we're yeah. gonna like just apologize for 40 minutes. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, what's new, Steve? Uh, not much, man. What's new with you? Uh, so recently, I got two new JHS pedals in the mail. I got that uh, Angry Driver that I ordered a month or two back and I put up a demo of that thing and it's a bunch of fun. And then I also got the, uh, the spring tank yeah, in which I'm going to have a fun, a bunch of fun with this week. I'm going to record a demo and I'm going to try to like highlight the effects loop on it because that's the part that really made me interested in, in that pedal. It's a great sounding like spring style, uh, reverb pedal and that it's got a nice kind of like bounce to the trail and there's a pretty decent, um, like slap, like not slap back, but you know, like a pre-delay click from it, uh, which, you know, a lot of reverb pedals will have that to kind of approximate like the sort of like drip you would get mm-hmm. from an amp cell spring reverb, but it's not really a drip. No pedals really do a drip. Great. Um, right. It's just like this nice thud, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of fun to play with. I think it's still like a, a legitimate way to play with like a reverb pedal is to have that thud in there. So I'm excited to, like, put every pedal I own through that reverb, <laughs> reverb loop, yeah, the the effects loop. Man, I can't talk we today. We still need
1: to do that thing where, uh, you know, different – although I guess they did – was it at the – was that Gitcom where they did the uh, – like, they linked everybody's pedal ports together? or was I didn't something see else? that, but that sounds fun. Uh, well, I know, like, previously um, – uh, was it pedals and – not that pedal show. It's the one that uh, – Juan Aldridi does um, effects and pedals, effects and pedals, pedals and effects, Pe- effects. And I pedals? can't remember which one. This is um, the right one. You know, they did like a hundred effects in a row, and I feel like we need to do something like that. Was where... it like a buffer demo
0: <laughs> to show how buffers? <laughs> no, they work? just
1: wanted to like do
0: something crazy. I liked the one that GAK did recently, where they did a hundred one watt amps versus one one hundred watt amp, right? Right. That was like a concept that we like had brainstormed in an early episode yeah. and we don't have the resources to actually do it. No, but <laughs> it, was they cool do. To, it was cool to see someone do that. And I was listening to, uh, to, I think it was Jay talking about it on the podcast mm-hmm. and guitar nerds, uh, just saying how many cables they had to use, yeah. <laughs> like the mixing board that they had to use to make the whole thing work, which I didn't think about. Like, just getting the signal to 101 watt amps is a daunting task. Yeah, you'd have to split that a few times, and every single one of them was running on batteries. That's the only way you could do it. Completely bananas. That's nuts. Yeah, you, I guess you couldn't plug them all in. You'd have and by to have the time you uh,
1: a million one spots or by, something. By the time you turn them all on, uh, you know the battery in the first one's already dead.
0: <laughs> well, that's how you get that good starved tone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh oh you already asked me what's new and i told yeah, you did. so yeah All i'm ex- I'm excited to run stuff runs st- to through the spring tank pedal uh i got a gonculator pedal for black friday yeah and yeah. i i've been waiting for that to come in so i can put that in the loop yeah a dod's <laughs>
1: famous not quite a ring mod pedal Well, it's a ring mod like piggybacked onto a grunge distortion, (laughs) but it's like I I don't remember exactly what the whole deal is, but like the it had to do with like the like whatever the ring is. It doesn't it doesn't actually mod, I guess. Okay, it's just a ring without the mod. It's like a single note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a normal ring mod. Like the 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 fuzz effectively, like or that uh, that like pitch shift uh-huh like moves with the note but apparently with the gonculator it doesn't that's what i've always heard i've never used interesting one. i
0: don't have any other ring mods around so it'll be interesting to check it out i should give you mine i should probably fix mine you should probably make yours work and then give it to technically me. It instead works, of giving me junk technically work. it
1: works fine it's just has a bleed hmm. so i want to say it works fine but it works okay all right, let's uh, let's get into the
0: episode. Do we have anything else to cover before we jump into an ad? Nope. All right. So this is an ad that my wife sent us, and it's for a guitar shop called Strange Guitar Works uh, in New Orleans. Yep. And I thought this ad was interesting because there's a bunch of photos of some, you know, some like decent, like high quality stuff going on, like a, a fret leveling going on here with the whole rig. That's got you know a bunch of different pressure dials up and down the neck, like yeah. making sure it's completely straight and like getting the frets completely level, uh, and then a, a ni- really nice shot of like a pretty slick looking brass nut that they put on some sort of Fender guitar, and then a, a shot of I, I think that's a Telecaster.
1: It looks like a Telecaster, like a Telecaster uh, style uh, control, but it's like guts. a re- it's like a rear access.
0: But it's got a ton of stuff going on there, a bunch of complicated parts, and it looks like a really clean job of a rewire. And then the next photo is of an acoustic guitar with a gold Strat pickguard on it with Strat pickups. Yeah, just slapped on. <laughs> slapped on with a Strat output jack on the body of the guitar and a, a Strat tremolo bar drilled into the bridge of an acoustic guitar. So, what's going
1: on here? What are they trying to say? Um, with this ad? I don't know. It says Strange Guitar Works is Norland's full service guitar repair shop, owned and operated by guitar techs Benjamin Strange and Aaron Younts. Strange Guitar Works is driven by the pursuit of the flawless instrument, a guitar with amazing feel, perfect intonation, and great tone. We know the secret of what separates a good guitar from a truly great guitar lies not in how much it costs or what name is on the head sock, it comes from the attention to detail and the fretwork setup. Uh, that can only fretwork and setup that can only be tailored to you, the player. These sound like our kind of guys. Whether your guitar is a pawn shop prize or a boutique jam we can make it better together. Our shop is the best equipped and most capable guitar shop in the New Orleans region. We have invested in the best tools and utilized the most modern techniques to get the most accurate, consistent results possible. We do all our fret work on our two custom-built neck jigs, which simulates string tension on the neck, which allows for dead-on accuracy with no guesswork. Is our goal to be the best guitar shop you've ever seen. Uh, we also offer custom instruments, Merit guitars. If you can dream it, we can build it. Um, yeah, so apparently somebody dreamed putting a Strat uh, <laughs> pit guard...
0: Well, I wonder if this is the sort of thing. I remember when we had that ad with those two acoustic guitars that were velcroed together. Yeah. And the shop, like a bunch of people, wrote them trying to buy the guitar and they wouldn't sell it. Yeah. I wonder if this is like the same sort of thing where they put this in all their ads and it grabs people's attention and it gets, you know, hmm. it's like a clickbait title. It gets people looking at your ad to look at the other stuff. Like they see this picture of this freaky acoustic mangled situation. And then they look through the other photos and like, oh, these guys look like they have like a legit shop going on. Oh, I'll read the description. Yeah, yeah. These, these guys sound cool. So I'm wondering if that's the angle, or if they're really just like, man, throwing that that weird thing we did. <laughs> then they can show that
1: well, we well, we can do anything. You know? Yeah, I have a feeling that maybe it's that. Like, hey, look at all this super legit stuff and this one like insane thing that we did. Uh huh. I've always seen it like used as marketing for like strip clubs,
0: where they're maybe it's just like a local place, but like you, oh. hear, you hear the marketing on the radio or like in billboards or whatever, and it's like oh, we got twenty beautiful women and two ugly ones. Like, is yeah, this...
1: I've never really understood what that was supposed that, to mean. I've always assumed the ugly
0: ones mean those are the owners or those are the bartenders or something like that.
1: I have no idea. It's it's weird marketing. Is that they don't have bartenders? Do they have bartenders?
0: Uh, I. Th- I don't know anything about uh, strip clubs. Isn't there
1: some California law that says like you can't like if it's a topless bar you can serve alcohol, but you can't have a full right, a full nudity and alcohol served. Something no no pubes
0: no pubes near the drinks. It's some weird
1: California law. I think it has to do with uh, yeah, a food and safety code. (laughs) Yeah, it probably does. It which
0: makes sense. No one wants to get food poisoning at the titty bar. <laughs> it's the name of my new band <laughs>
1: food poisoning
0: at the titty bar <laughs> oh boy but i'm wondering if it's that kind of marketing it's like oh here's here's the freaky one right right i kind of i didn't even read the description and with you reading it, it makes me want to send stuff to these guys even though it'd be way easier to do have like someone do it the same sort of thing here And, like, the pictures make the shop look legit. Like, they look like they have the real tools. Uh, It makes me think that, you know, I could take a risk on some sort of really funky, crazy guitar. And if it didn't play right, I could take it to people like these and be like, hey, make this thing play right. Yeah. Make it play like a normal, modern guitar. But, yeah, interesting ad that my wife found. She did some Craigslist tourism for us. (laughs) Uh, do we want to jump into the topic, or do we have anything more to say here? I don't have anything more to say. Do you have anything more to say? I don't have anything more to say. We already uh, hinted at this topic a little bit in the in the what's new. We're just going to talk about the Black Friday deals that went on yeah, last uh,
1: week. It might still be
0: going on. I mean, this is Cyber Monday.
1: There could yeah. be better deals today. You know, it's funny. Like we've been, I've been talking to people about different um, Black Friday ish things. And how it's not even Black Friday anymore. It's not even... I, I want to call it Black Thursday now that so many stores open on, like, in the middle of the day on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But it's not even that because, like, literally... It's so, Black Thanksmas. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's like
0: that transition from Thanksgiving to Christmas right in between. Like of, it, the whole thing stretches out for, like, two
1: weeks. One of the stores I bought... So, I bought some shoes today. And... Uh, um. uh they started promoting their Black Friday deal for like insiders on like Monday or Tuesday. And I that just That was a week ago. Yeah. Like, just like, like literally, like four or five days before Black Friday. And uh, I actually held out until Friday to order these shoes. And I couldn't get both pairs I wanted because one of them had my size oh, lame. Had sold out. But I kept thinking, like, oh, maybe they're like this is just a tease, and they're gonna like roll out like some mega deal on the actual day. Nope, nope, just didn't get what I wanted. They're just clearing out product, and they want to beat all the other retailers yeah. to, the, to yeah. the punch. So, uh, anyway, I feel like that's kind of where everything's at now. A lot of the a lot of the deals are starting like in the middle of even online shops, like they're starting to roll their deals out in the middle of the day on Thanksgiving, and then they just kind of run them while supplies last. So some of these online. Stores um they go a long time and other ones they, they sell out within you know minutes or an hour or whatever. Yeah. So uh I already spoiled it in the in
0: the intro in the in the West yeah, I got a gonculator. DOD was clearing
1: their stuff out. I wanna say like on Tuesday or Wednesday or something yeah. like that. Uh, Do, DOD kind of just does that every once in a while yeah. too. It's not even like they necessarily did that with the a bone shaker, writer.
0: where it was like, "Let's get rid of all the bone shakers. We're done trying to sell all these for normal." The price. bone shaker. The bone shaker.
1: I'm not familiar with the bone shaker, but I am familiar with whatever the hell that was.
0: Yeah. So forty bucks, I couldn't turn it down. I'd wanted to mess around with a gonculator for a long time, and it's a pedal that we talked about when we first started doing this show because at the time, their prices had just skyrocketed. Yeah. Because there hadn't been a reissue yet, Uh, I think they were going for like three hundred bucks or something like that.
1: It when was we, pretty high when
0: we talked about them years and years ago. Yeah. And then they came out with the reissue. Thank goodness that Dod like came back into existence mm-hmm. while we've been doing this show. And uh, among other things, they, they re-released the the gonculator. And I've just been waiting for them to come up at the right price. And $40 is definitely the right price. Everywhere else I saw them online, like the like the used value mm-hmm. was still the normal prices, like $150, $160, I wanna say. So I'm wondering if once these clear out and I think they did clear out. I think they're all sold out now. Right. If the prices will stay around there. I mean even if I can sell this thing for 100 bucks that's more than double my Yeah. My yeah. Rate.
1: I I would I would expect that that would be the case that you would still be able to uh get more I mean they sold out so quick and f- it more, makes, at least more than was it for, you said 40? 40 bucks.
0: Yeah. They sold out so quick it makes me think that there wasn't that many left to sell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but then they keep selling the bone shaker for 40 bucks. So right. <laughs> maybe they just have a stack and stack and stack of pallets of bone shakers they're trying to get rid of, but maybe the gonculator isn't the same case. Well, the it, I guess they're both is the bone shaker
1: do actually DOD or is it digitized? It is. No, the bone shaker is DOD. Okay.
0: But then the bone shaker doesn't have any previous precedence of being anything. Right. It was like a new circuit that they came up with. Like yeah. A distortion with a bunch of uh, uh, tone stack controls on it. Yeah. So I'm excited to try this thing out. It's such a quirky effect. I feel like $40 is the the right price to to tempt someone to buy it, you know? Yeah. Uh, what have you bought this um, Black Friday? Gear so related. Been, I been, want to hear about your shoes, Steve. I've been looking at... Well, how about flannels? Can we talk about flannels? <laughs> well, as long as we're only talking about flannels,
1: not anything that's gingham... <laughs> Um, no, there's a, you know, it's, there were a lot of sales and honestly, like, I think I kind of, I probably did it wrong this year, (laughs) um, in that I I didn't really, um, try to watch the, the trends too much. I didn't really read the emails, like I got them all, but I just didn't really pay that close attention. Uh, the one I did pay pay attention to was the Mister Black sale. Oh, nice! Uh, so I got the uh, Solid State Echo Chamber, the uh, Eterna Gold modified. Oh, cool. Which is their Shimmer Reverb, and I got the more. Uh, the what? You got more than two, okay? And then I got the uh, well. So basically, their deal was if you spent more than, so everything was on like pretty big discounts. Like I don't know the that. At Echo Chamber, I think it was $70 off. So that's like around Sheesh. 30%, something like that. Um, the Eterna was like also $70 off. And that was like over 30%. Um, and then it, they had a deal where if you spent more than $200, you would get this uh, Marshall-style dirt pedal for free. Wow. Which is the uh, BB-74X, which is like a... Uh, Supposed to sound like it's a blues, like a blues breaker pedal. Gotcha. Um, so I got those three for like 265 Um, I know there were some other like really big deals. I just, you know, it's kind of hard. Like, I'm not super on top of doing f- transactions on my phone. Like, I always want to do sure. them on a computer. And I was gone like all day yesterday. So I would see stuff crop up, like, um, and then I realized like how many email lists I'm not on as well. Yeah. Like uh Chase Bliss w- had the Specter version 1, the fl- uh flanger, uh-huh, for uh some s- ridiculously cheap price. Uh I don't know how ch- I don't think I I remember how cheap email. it was. Um but it was deeply discounted. That was one that I think a lot of people jumped on just for the flip potential. Uh-huh. Um walrus audio has a sale going a lot of the stores do like primax uh is it primax I or pyromax I,
0: I don't know i always thought it was pyromax but maybe i always th- I'm just, just think, bad at reading i just
1: always think they're going out of business they <laughs> that's very real a very real possibility yeah, prime ax primax Primaxy? i don't know Doesn't really matter. Basically, all of your favorite, like every store is doing something. Uh, Coast Sonic, I think, has like 15% off on a bunch of stuff. Uh, Maybe free shipping. Some places just do, like, do some places do a smaller percentage off, but then they do free shipping. Other places Uh do, like, a bigger percentage off, but then you still have to pay for shipping. So it's just kind of all over. But yeah, that's what I got the Mr. Black stuff. Cool. Mr. Black
0: Stuff. Yeah, I didn't see anything else that grabbed my attention hard enough. That I was like, ah, I got to get that. Um, I'm usually not like, oh, man, I'm just going to wait for Black Friday and just buy a bunch of stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, but, hey, yeah, it seems like there's a lot going on this year for
1: sure. Premier Guitar, I just got something that everything's 40% didn't, off or something.
0: Didn't uh, do a really early Black Friday thing cause, for Titans? Because yeah. he's like, if you want it by Christmas, this is it. Like, you have to order it now. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think it was like, I want to say it was like 15%.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I'm still loving my Titan, man. I When he put that up, every time he puts up some sort of deal or like posts like a Titan that he has in stock, I have that little tingle in the
1: back of my head that's like, get another Titan. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> so uh, someone that we know is selling their white on white Titan classy, uh, for like, I think we could get like a pretty crazy deal on it. If we wanted it white on white. Um, it's, I'm, I'm tempted, but I, I need to be able to do that in cash. I, I wouldn't be able to like, I wouldn't want to like go into debt on it. Of so I need to like sell a bunch of stuff.
0: So you stop putting all the money you make on a show into your car. Then you could afford to buy a guitar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See you know, my car, uh, How's yeah. your car doing? It needs an oil change.
0: Oh, okay. Nothing else is wrong. With okay, book. that's fine as long as it needs an oil change.
1: That's At least that's stuff. all I know it
0: needs until <laughs> I get
1: in there. They're like, oh, you need an oil change and 15 other things, and now here's a yeah, yeah, Here's yeah. your bill. All right, should we jump on to the next ad? Yeah, this next ad was sent in by Joe Bikarsky. Uh This is just called Telecaster Style. Uh, this is a Fender Telecaster Style guitar, $400. Um, it says, salvage slash repurposed body and neck built into a beautiful hand-stained telly with Stumac Jazzmaster tremolo, Gibson mini humbuckers, fender tuners, and handmade pickguard and control plate. Previously plugged holes are still visible through the stain but do not affect the guitar's tone or playability. Professionally rewired and set up by Gibson Technicians. No case. Well, I don't understand that part, but whatever. Gibson Technicians did this? Yeah. Why? I don't... That's what I don't understand.
0: No, no. This guy must have a friend who works at Gibson and did this... Right. ...in their garage or something like that. There's no way... They didn't show up at the the Gibson warehouse and be like, hey, fix this up for me.
1: So, um... What do you think about this? We got this is basically like a Cabernita style with a with a well doesn't it
0: Cabernita have Gretsch pickups?
1: It does. But I'm saying like otherwise it's, it's got the Cabernita pickguard. Guard. It's got the Cabernita style pit guard, it's got the Cabernita style controls. Yeah. It's uh, it's a real classy look.
0: Uh how do you feel about the the strat style headstock? I hate mount? it.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish it had. A, I usually don't like the Telecaster headstock, but I kind of wish this had it. It's not even that. Like, I feel like you know this has been like previously sanded and then uh, water water decaled. And I wish I just like when the especially when the water slide's done poorly. I I can't say this is done poorly from like an aesthetics right. Like from a from a technical standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint, I think it's done poorly. Um. I it looks kind of cheap. Yeah, so I always really like when people do like custom inspire stuff, and they, um, and they create their own name, even if it's like a one off. I would have
0: preferred this with the headstock blank. I think that would have been because it would have just been like, oh, here's a project guitar. Instead, it just like uh, that makes it look cheaper somehow.
1: Yeah, I, I that's fair too.
0: Another thing I, when I look at this, I feel like the, it's not, but I feel like the the jazzmaster trim on this is too close to, the tail end of the guitar, like it could be closer to the bridge. Is what I'm saying. But that's a normal spacing if it was on a jazz master. I think
1: I think the where it's located in relation to the bridge looks normal. It's but just where so it's located, close to the tail. That's
0: what I'm saying. It's so close to the edge of the wood on the tail end of the guitar that it looks funny to me. Yeah, I don't know. Like um, you, the you're used to seeing that style of tremolo floating in the middle of a body with wood behind it, and there's no wood behind it, and I think. That bridge is—is is it back farther than normal? I'm not Wouldn't sure. Would not screw up the intonation. Maybe it's just because you're used to like a tele bridge takes up so much real estate that it looks like it's back farther. That's probably well it. as
1: long as it's yeah as long as it's in the right position from the from the neck is all that matters yeah. Um, again, I, I just I can't work past that headstock. I n I don't even think I would like it blank. One one of the things is I'm I'm always mixed on the big uh the 70s, the 70s yeah. headstock. But I, I think the I 70s feel like
0: headstock works for this style of of telecaster with the Cabernita pit guard yeah. and the mini buckers. I like those mini buckers by the way. I think that's a really cool look. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. Um I think my issue with the headstock is it comes back to that water slide um there's too much there's too much negative space on this headstock yeah yeah and actually I think if it you were saying like if it was blank I could live with that because at least there's nothing breaking it up so it's like okay but that's why like something big that would have taken up the whole space like how a normal uh Fender 70s big headstock like whatever logo you would find on there took up like the entire length of the headstock. Yeah, And again, like I would have preferred it's well, to... totally
0: true because it would have the, the big fender logo on yeah. there. Yeah,
1: And I would have preferred again, like to do something custom that would have taken up all that space rather than, you know, just fender telecaster. Well, it's not, it's not really. Yeah. The only thing that this has in common with fender is the jazz master tram. The only thing this has in common with the telecaster is the body shape. But it's neither of those things in in, in actual utility. In this case, the quotations around Telecaster actually mean, like, not really. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And really, you should have just, like, I don't know, name it after yourself. I would rather play, like, a Bill Caster or whatever, like some random dude's name. Larry Larry Caster. Larry Caster. There we go. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, Mike Caster. Yeah, yeah. You know... And just live with that, and you know, if it plays great, then I'll play it forever, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, I bought this off of a guy named Mike, or a guy named yeah. Mike built this, or whatever." There's a story there versus like, "Yeah, uh, we didn't really know what to do, so we just got a water slide yeah. off of eBay and slapped it on there." Yeah, it just feels sloppy. Well, the the rest of the work on this is is really clean. Yeah, though. all the plugging uh, yeah. looks really really clean. Uh, everything else, I'm I'm pretty the like looks happy really about. Nice. I could see like, would I spend four hundred on this? That's the real question. That
0: is the question: Is this price fairly? Um, what What did he say? Where the parts came from?
1: Uh, he said they're Gibson humbuckers, uh, Stewmac bridge. I believe he just says that the body is salvaged, repurposed. Yeah, which is and then probably, that, which we is, don't
0: know the 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 breed of the neck is that an actual fender
1: neck is it a parts neck we don't know it's it's kind of confusing because it's got the dual um string tree that i typically associate with squire but then it also does appear to have a filled um uh truss rod adjustment like it's got the the lining though i do know some later squire model or some certain squire models do have that
0: I wouldn't be surprised if this was a squire neck. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was Mexican. I'd be very surprised if it was American. Yeah, and I would be. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it was like all parts or something like that. Right. Either uh, there's just too much of a gamble on this thing without that information. Yeah, I mean the body can be whatever as long as the neck and the bridge is fit into it correctly, and the rest of the work looks really clean. So I'm gonna assume that it's
1: fit and set nice. I feel like this is the kind of a kind the kind of guitar where if. I just saw it on Craigslist, I'd be like, ah, 400 is too much. But if I was at some kind of like. Uh, if you had hands on. If with I it. was at like some kind of ex- exhibition where like yeah. some guy just was like, yeah, I build guitars in my spare time. And like, here's a bunch of guitars I'm trying to sell, you know, at like a some kind of roadshow type event where I could like sit there and mess around with it for like 15, 20 minutes and not feel rushed, then then maybe like if everything checked out, like i would be like, okay, like yeah. I, I could do 400 i, I It' has to be a pretty special day for me to spend four hundred
0: dollars on this thing. I feel like without knowing the uh the the neck what what neck that is i can't I couldn't spend four hundred dollars on this thing. I'd right. have trouble spending three hundred on it I, My gut is telling me two twenty five on this thing hmm. even though there's a bunch of work into it it's it's not like any of these parts are premium. It's just, there's just a premium job of fixing the holes as far as we know. And the rest is just put together. I mean, it's a cool look, but it's like, it it just doesn't carry the value because you don't know, you know, the pedigree is the word I was searching for. The pedigree of the important parts.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The important part being the neck, which honestly looks like it might be a cheap neck. Yeah. So it's a bit of a bummer. But yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure there's a buyer out there who will be really interested in this and Somewhere. and make a realistic offer on it. I'm sure 225, even though that's my gut, that's that's the
1: price for me. I'm sure someone out there would pay more for it. Yeah, yeah, I think 225 around there sounds right. Sight unseen, they'd probably make the argument that like each one of those humb- humbuckers is probably a hundred dollars each. Oh and, sure, you know the I'm sure the bridge is over a hundred dollars. In the world, no, that Deluber. bridge isn't
0: hundred dollars. You can buy a Jazzmaster Bridge for like 30 bucks any day. On stumac? Well, maybe not on stumac, but if you get you can get that same bridge anywhere for like 30 bucks.
1: Not the um, not the bridge like the 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 Trems are cheap too. Oh golden age bridge and tremolo for whatever, whatever. Yeah, 28.56 oh. for Dang. both of them. Yeah, that's, that stuff is affordable, man dang why did i think i'm just used so used to mastery prices oh yeah
0: mastery is super expensive and if you get like a nice uh what's the other brand i forget the other brand that makes them they're out of out of the uk um oh i have no idea stay trim or something like that oh
1: stay trim yeah
0: yeah all right do we want to jump into the the topic
1: yeah uh this was sent in by oh come on quinn washman uh, I was going to go with Waxman. Waxman? Or Waxman? Wa-
0: Wax. It might be Waxman. Waxman.
1: All right, Quinn, we've sufficiently butchered your name. Now- I think
0: we got it right at least once. Quinn, if we got your name right at least once, please let
1: us know in the Facebook group. If we got it wrong every time, also please let us know in the Facebook group. <laughs> uh, the question, the, uh, is... You can do it, Steve. I believe in you. Delays. Why do digitals, analogs, tapes, slapbacks, et cetera, sound so different? What are some good ways to stack them to achieve different and useful effects? Well, right out the bat, a few of these styles of delays,
0: they're just different versions of analog or digital. If you're buying a pedal, there's really only analog or digital, right? There's no other actual form of a delay in a pedal. Do you get a tape delay in a pedal? With actual tape in it? Yeah, it'd be a really big pedal. That's a big pedal. At that point, it's not. I don't consider it a pedal. It's a box. It's a unit. Okay, as a unit,
1: if even it's got that, tape. In even it. the T Rex one. That
0: thing's a unit. All right. It's big, man. It's bigger than a shoebox. I don't remember. I only saw that NAM. Okay. Well, anyways, a lot of these are, you know, the, the variations that aren't just called digital or analog are digital or analog pedals trying to do a specific flavor of delay. Right. Like as far as tape, slap back, you know, there's other, like, oil can delays. There's, yep. uh, you know, things that represent, you know, like echoes in bathrooms and things like that. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, like I said, digital and analog are really the big, big two differences. Um, as far as component goes... Like the, the component difference is I'm not a big expert in this. I know that analog delays use a certain type of component that each repeat just gets dirtier and dirtier, but I couldn't tell you why it's different than the component in a digital delay that's just a clean digital signal each
1: time. Well, so t- typically like an analog delay, like the classic ones use what's called a bucket brigade.
0: But isn't that just a uh, description of a style of circuit like it's not like you don't just bought go out there and buy a bucket brigade it means that there's like the type of circuit achieves that effect like a bucket brigade is is when there's a bunch of people in a line with buckets and they're each passing buckets right. of water well, to each other and each, and each time the bucket is passed a little
1: bit of water spills out right but that's actually like a type of chip like it's a chip that does that so um, I don't exactly understand how it works, um, but basically, yeah, so um, so that's the thing is I believe that it, it effectively like kind of comes back on itself, right? It, it's repeating onto its own chip, I guess. Nowadays, um, I feel like BBDs are like really hard to come by.
0: Well, I think there's is certain the, ones that are. Is the,
1: okay? Yeah, that's
0: probably what it like is. But there's like, certain like desirable chipsets that yeah. that are expensive, and like and there's people making reproductions, but there's not a lot of them. Or you're buying new old stock and and whatnot. But then there's more modern versions that people can use that aren't as expensive, is my impression, anyways. And then digital delay, I think there's just all sorts of stuff available. But then a lot of times, uh, pedals that are analog style or tape style or, or you know, whatever at their core are actually digital delays now and they're just running some kind of um, modulations or some kind of programming on them yeah. to to make them hit that sound, which is totally fine with me. I re- I've got that ARP 87 by Walrus Audio. I think it does a great job of an analog delay sound. I've,
1: I really love that thing. Yeah, um, well, and with like a digital delay, it's whatever your input in is being sampled and converted from you know your analog guitar signal to a digital signal. Oh, okay. Uh, so and, that's the big difference yeah. then. Where with an analog delay, it stays an analog signal. Yeah. okay. It's whatever your signal voltage voltage is, like it's just taking a shot of that and um and it's just moving forward. Steve is reading so, an article on his phone right yep, now while he's saying this. I'm shorting I'm shorting the system. So basically, like, you know, you have this idea that you could um like you could do like a higher resolution in analog theoretically because there's no conversion but right it's problem like, is, is like you have all of these uh because of the way the sampling is like you have um you lose fidelity then, yeah and so the capacitors do you have, inside the chip you basically have like a bunch of tiny capacitors and the capacitors are naturally like tend to be a little bit uh, leaky over over like the length of it so you know like you said it's like the whole like you have a full bucket when you start and as it goes down the line like the bucket gets less full which is to say like your repeats will get like dirtier the longer you Uh try to stretch them out
0: typically you you lose high end first yeah like it just starts
1: to like degrade into like
0: a low mid frequency like kind of wash which is a, a beautiful sound but if you don't want that sound, then it can be annoying. Um, sh- let's just talk about how these different delays are used.
1: Sure. Uh, the an- classic analog delay, I think <laughs> it tends to be used, um, really just for its like warmth. Uh, yeah, you tend to be limited I mean, to you... like shorter delay times. I know EHX had one, um. A version of the memory man that would do 1.1 seconds Uh uh-huh uh using uh multiple uh chips Uh, but typically the analog delays that you find on the market are limited to about 550 uh, to 600 milliseconds somewhere in that Uh that range as a maximum and a lot of them they you know that's if you have the circuit and you like really stretch it out a lot of them get capped at like four to five hundred milliseconds yeah and,
0: uh, you know, a, a side effect of, of an analog circuit is that you really maybe get max like one and a half clean repeats all yeah. of it before yeah. it degrades into kind of like a mushy, lo-fi sort of sound. Yeah, and if
1: you push that harder, um, you... Fall into like self oscillation. Yeah, yeah. Which some digital some digital delay chips will also self oscillate. It, it kind of varies, and it depends on the way they're set up. They don't do it the same way, though.
0: No, they it's don't. not that 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 low, muddy, mushy kind of like soft, warm sort of sound. Like when a digital delay self oscillates, it's like literally just your clean repeat, your clean recording of your signal just playing on itself over and over and over again at crystal clear fidelity, depending on the delay pedal. I'm talking about my DD3 here.
1: (laughs) Does a DD3 self-oscillate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then digital delays... Because, so, for example, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Caroline kilobyte. Like, when that thing self-oscillates, it's not... But that thing's modeled after, like, a very specific karaoke delay right it's a low (laughs) it's a lo fi digital delay and i mean that's another thing is is a lot of uh builders now have gotten creative with digital delays and Mm -hmm. and made uh either by uh, affecting uh changing parts of the of the tone uh the tone circuit or um or whatever like have made very warm digital delays
0: i get the impression that with for builders when you're working with an analog delay There's really only so much you can do with it. But if you're working with something that's digital at its core, then that gives you a lot of room to experiment and come up with weird, funky stuff. Um, So a lot of the more like experimental delays out there will be digital at their core Mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, the uh, the tonal recall, I mean, talking about experimental delays, that thing's analog at its core but with digital controls. Uh, But with a digital delay, the benefits are that if you want them, you get just – crystal clear, infinite repeats that just sound like what you played over and over and over again, Yeah, uh, disappearing volume-wise, not fidelity-wise. Mm-hmm. So you really got to figure out what you need for your sound. Do you need a bunch of clean repeats or do you want like a warm, soft wash of you know bouncing repeats?
1: Yeah, I, I've done a, a lot of different things with delays. Uh, one of the things that I used to do a lot is just to take a simple lower fidelity delay uh, or an analog delay uh-huh. um, and run it um, after a digital delay, just to kind of like add on that warmth. And usually, if I'm doing that, I, you know the the lo-fi or the analog delay is set a little more. Uh, well, one, it's kind of like more of a set in and forget it. Yeah, um, you can get digital or analog delays now that have tap tempo but for a long time that just really wasn't a thing mm-hmm um, now it's more available so well I, I feel like
0: with with analog delays tap tempo doesn't even matter as much because you're you don't get a ton of repeats out of it so it's like it's not as important to get it to match up with what you're playing but right. that's, that's just me some people absolutely it depends need on
1: that. what you it, de- it really depends um, yeah on what you're using it for Um.
0: I, I'm a big fan of, of keeping both styles on my board as well. I'll, I think that's what you were saying you like to do. Yeah. yeah. I like to keep a nice crisp digital delay on my board and a uh, an analog delay that can get a little bit warmer. And I'll go back and forth in between which one will be set on a long delay and which will be set on a short delay. Mm-hmm. And I like to bounce them against each other so that I'm getting like short delays that get repeated over and over again with a long delay and vice versa. Right. And it just gives a lot of territory to cover for a long time. My favorite analog delay was the memory toy by VHX, which is a, a really great sounding affordable analog delay, but there's a bunch that I have right here now that I use all the time. I'm a big fan of the, uh, the, uh, the what is it the 1100 millisecond the red knob mod on the the Chase Bliss oh, right. Recall yeah. right now i'm also a big fan of the the tape delay style delay that's on the uh on the Mystery Brain that i have so mm. i've been using those pretty heavily and then digital delays i love my DD3 i love my Arp 87 and i really love uh, uh the to- the uh the Freefall by Tomcat right which is a great digital delay
1: yeah. As far as, you know, they mentioned tape delay before, and my understanding is basically with tape delay, you are recording your signal onto like. A piece of tape. A piece of tape, like that's a old it, cassette tape, and then it's playing
0: yeah. it back. That's with a true tape delay with a unit. I'm, we're not talking about pedals here. Yeah. So, like, I, I
1: used one of those in studio when I was recording for Dinosaur Ghost. Yeah. Um, uh, tape delay tends to be a lot more prone to, like... Failure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, physical degradation. That's. Uh-huh. It's also, like, if you're really, like, creative with it, and you can get a lot of, like, interesting sounds out of it because that's kind of where, like, modulated delay... Has its roots in tape delay. Uh-huh. Uh Well, what fl- happens? Flanger has its roots in uh, tape yeah. delay. Well,
0: what happens with tape delay is uh, when you buy a pedal, a lot of times it'll be controlled to adjust either the age of the tape or the modulation of the tape. Right. And people who used tape delay heavily back in the day, or maybe still today, uh, eventually the tape gets worn out yeah. and stretched in various places or like the motor is starting to give out on it because there's so many mechanical parts to these damn things that the the tape will warble and give you like a fluttered modulation yeah. on your repeats which technically was a a uh, a fault which mm-hmm. technically was a failure in the in the design or the application of it but you know being guitarists we fall in love with things like that and it just became a feature of the sound. Yeah. And you know, there's been people famously over the years who, when they're using a tape delay in the studio, they'll be racking the speed of the tape up and down to like manually affect those sorts of sounds. Yeah. Or uh, in the case of uh, Frank Marvin, he would—I forget which unit he would use from The Shadows. Frank Marvin from The Shadows. H- Hank Marvin. What did I say? Frank Marvin. Did I say Frank? Yeah. It's Hank Marvin. Okay. Like I said, it's like early in the day on the day after Thanksgiving. I'm having a tough time. It's like one o'clock. Hank Marvin is right. It's that that scotch. Now I'm second guessing myself. It's that beautiful 12-year scotch from Kirkland. All right. (laughs) But anyways. Tank Tank Marvin. Tank Marvin would have this uh, tape delay unit that he would modify. He would like custom move the heads around because it had multiple heads on it and he came up with his own like rhythm of repeats right. with custom like uh, tape head placement that gave him particular sounds for each song huh. like you go listen to uh, uh, the song Apache yeah and people like spend a lot of time trying to find that exact rhythm of repeats uh, and it's really hard to do because he sat there and just tweaked the position of heads on a tape delay unit. Right. Uh, so th- it's a really interesting h- history checking out tape delays. Another version of delay is oil can echoes, yeah. and that's like a whole other thing. Like it's a can full of like a fluid. Yeah. And the can spins, and there's uh, some sort of like electromagnetic ugh, electromagnetic reader where like it writes the signal to the edge of this oil can and then when it spins around and comes back around it reads it and those i've never had any experience with them but i've always heard that they're just crazy yeah. high maintenance and you know fix or repair daily sort of thing yeah
1: there's also you know um what's the what's the uh, bonar bonar prince that you know what i'm talking about no. bonar it's like Boonar or something. It's some crazy... It's like a drum... Is it drum head delay they call oh,
0: it? Oh, well, I know that there's there's plate reverbs, but this is like a drum head delay?
1: I'm trying to remember. It's, okay, it's the Boonar delay. Uh, Donner Prince Boonar. That's what I'm thinking of. Multi-head drum echo. Interesting. Um, I don't really know how that stuff is even supposed to work. Um, but... Uh, it's I guess it's like the echo rack, okay. Virtual oh, it's of controlling a virtual magnetic drum. So uh, maybe that's more of like maybe that's similar to a tape. I don't. I know. think
0: that to me that sounds like an oil can delay. And the uh, I've heard for a long time that the uh, the Catalan bread Alnico does a really nice job of an oil can mm. delay sound. I mean, basically, what it all comes down to is. Digital, digital delay is your clean and clear perfect oh. repeats. And then everything other than that is like you're just choosing your flavor of degradation on the signal.
1: So the uh, Benson Echo Rec is what Hank Marvin used. Oh, okay. Uh, that was a tape drum. Uh, they're called magnetic drum recorders. Was, huh. So they used a magnetic drum instead of a tape loop. Gotcha. Well, he had some sort of system where he like tweaked
0: the position of the heads on it. I know that.
1: Benson's were also used by uh, Sid Barrett and David Gilmore in gotcha. Pink Floyd. Gotcha. So among tons of other yeah, effects. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like if you're trying to get that Pink Floyd sound, you're about to go on a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're no gonna joke. have a lot of gear in your closet. That's for sure. Um, let's move on to the last ad and get the heck out of here. Enjoy our Friday after Thanksgiving. What do yeah.
1: You say? This is a. Uh, Homemade guitar. This was sent by Dylan Bat. Uh, or actually, I guess it was posted by Dylan Bat to Ugly Guitars. Yeah,
0: I lifted it out of Ugly um, Guitars. So maybe I'll post a highlight from this over there if I I like don't really know what to say about this. This is de- at first glance, this is definitely a homemade guitar. And the body styling and everything going on just kind of grabs your attention. But the reason I grab screen grabs.
1: To talk on the show is this is solely this bridge job. Yeah, so the bridge here is um, held in place with by wood screws. Yeah, it's like it's not like even directly connected to the body. It's got like a wood spacer underneath it to, to provide the correct. There's brake no angle, way to adju-
0: There's no way to adjust this bridge up or down. It's it's just screwed into the body with a piece of wood holding it up at height. Yeah, This is a total just mangled guitar job here. And look how close the stop tail is to the bridge. This is ridiculous. The the string is pressing against the backside of the bridge before it's able to wrap around down to the stop tail. How do you like that, uh, these uh, pseudo F-holes? I... I... Don't know what to make of those. It looked like they they tried to carve F-holes and were like, ah, I totally screwed it up. And so they covered it up with some sort of weird pieces of plywood that are just the worst cut job I've ever seen in my life. This thing is a freaking
1: disaster. Yeah. I will say um, the idea of t- turning a butcher's block into... Is that
0: what it is? That's
1: what it says. It says a uh, body was made from a butcher's block and the bridge is mounted with wood screws. Um whether it's a like a full butcher's block or just like a some kind of thick cutting board like i actually find that look at least interesting oh i we've seen
0: guitars made out of cutting boards that look classy
1: yeah this isn't one of them no not at all but i think it i think the bod like the wood itself could have been fine it's everything else that's happening to it
0: look at the cut around the uh, the horn the lower horn there as it joins into the neck, like it's completely uneven and sticking out. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a hot mess. It looks like it still has blood on it from when it was a cutting board too. (laughs) That's kind of like an awesome thing though. Stained around the edges. Yeah. That's That's actually a cool idea. Like we often see these guitars that are made out of like Ikea tables or Ikea cutting boards that are new and they went and picked up a new cutting board and made a guitar out of it. It would be cool to take like a cutting board that your family's been using for like two decades and they're finally done with it. Right. Take that and turn that into a guitar where it's got a million knife marks on it. Yeah. It's just got a patina of, you know, blood and crumbs and vegetable juices. Do you not wash your cutting boards? I have plastic cutting boards and I definitely wash them. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you, you ever seen like a really old Butcher's block or cutting board, where it 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 has a worn-in character to it. Yeah, that yeah. would make a really cool-looking guitar, versus just the brand new IKEA cutting board. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. I
1: understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah,
0: but yeah, this thing is a disaster. Go check out the pictures in the. Uh, we have an imager link in the uh, episode description and wherever else we put this. Yep. Yeah. Pretty awful. This is a. This is what a guitar would look like if I tried to make a guitar. From scratch in my
1: garage. Yeah, this thing is just terrible.
0: Yeah, and then there, it looks like it was routed for a single coil before, and the uh, the humbucker ring is covering that. But it's even too, it's too big for a single coil. This is this. No, just, I
1: think I think it just is just, just mangled. I think maybe. It would have been better if they had. It
0: wrong. It would be better if they had left it as a square cutting board and did you know like a uh, a bo diddly thing. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. I think this is just gross. Oh, super gross. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Yeah. uh, Real quick before we go, um, we got our Christmas episode coming up, and what we like to do every year for our Christmas episode is kind of play DJ. So if you guys. Have some Christmas music, uh, start sending it our way, 60cyclehumcast.gmail.com.
0: Christmas songs that you have recorded, whether it be covers or you wrote something, it could be really good. It could be really bad. Uh, This year, uh, Christmas is falling on a Monday, so we're not going to do a normal episode. We're just going to do this Christmas song thing so that you guys can uh, basically play one of our episodes for your family while you're doing Christmas stuff. There you go. Maybe we'll even uh, do a little treat and put it out. Uh, christmas eve what do you say about Ooh. that there's no reason why we couldn't put it up sunday morning for christmas eve there you go and then you can listen to it christmas eve while you're doing your celebrating um hey if you hate christmas and you want to make an anti-christmas song mm-hmm. we'll friggin' take it we'll put it on the show who cares right um so yeah so start working on those now or just send them to us with a christmas song in the title and we'll uh, compile all those I'm looking forward to it. It also means that we don't have a busy recording schedule next month. We get to take some time off for ourselves.
1: You got to make them think we work real hard. We're going to
0: work so hard for you guys in December. I promise Steve and I will work so hard. We will neglect our families and just podcast every day for you. As a Christmas gift just for you. All
1: right. Uh, this week's episode was brought to you by Matthews Effects. Uh, they have a 20% off sale on Cyber Monday, so go check them out. They're also doing a deal with another sponsor of our show, Sinusoid, and a not sponsor of our show, uh, ESO Straps. Hey, to, maybe, maybe a future sponsor? You yeah, never know, um, right? To do a astronomer sinusoid cable and strap for 225 or 229, something like that anyway. It's a super good deal. Uh, so go check out matthewsfx.com Also go that. check
0: out Moniker Guitars, the Rival series. I've got one in. I already did a video doing the unboxing and a little playing of it. Steve and I have both played it, and we both enjoy it. Yep. I'm going to play it at church tomorrow, so I'll be able to report on how it plays live. And uh, it's just a bunch of fun, and I look forward to doing the full demo. Also, big thanks to Sinusoid, longtime supporters of the show. And uh, they make a really top quality cable at a fair price. You can see how how their, their breakdown goes online where they tell you the cost of everything that goes into a cable down to labor and shipping and advertising and why their cables cost what they do. So you can feel secure knowing that they're just not taking a bunch of money and sticking it in their pockets and going and watching movies and eating junk food. They're using that money for useful things. Well, maybe they're watching movies and eating junk food, but it's on their own dime, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh,
1: So check out sinusoid.com. They make cables and smiles. And
0: they make this show possible, which is a good
1: reason to support them. This week's song was sent by Michael Rigby. He said uh, he used to be in a uh, four piece post punk band from Blackpool, England called Dysphonia. Does post punk mean that it's like all about the post office? I don't know. Uh, We're going to find out. Now uh, that band has reformed as a three piece under the name The Awkwards. Um, cool ba- name. The bass was a GNL L2000 running through an Ashdown Electric Blue 15180 DI out into the mixing desk. Guitar was a homemade strat with a Mighty Might motherbucker in the bridge. Oh, yeah, that's one of those 22K output Whoa. jobs. Uh, through, you don't even need an amp. Yeah, through <laughs> a Boss CE5, PH2, and a Clon Clone clone. Made Myself and a TC Flashback running into a Fender Bassbreaker 15 DI from the head and mic'd up to the cab. Uh, we don't really know what song we're going to play yet because there's four of them. Maybe, nah, maybe we'll pick we'll one. We'll pick one. Uh, so hope you guys enjoy the song. Send us more music. Later, guys. Bye.
0: Shut my lights up and
1: Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid. They're big supporters of the
0: show. Let's start over. Do it again. Sorry. Rough start.